Hello and welcome back into a new edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride of MileHighSports.com. That is where you can find all of the Nuggets content that we create over at MileHighSports.com under that Nuggets icon. First and foremost, sorry that it's been so long since on the podcast. There were some family things that came up and life got a little bit wild there for a second, but rest assured the podcast is coming back in full force from here on out. I will not be missing games anymore. It was just one of those moments in time where I had to kind of focus on other things as opposed to the podcast, but we are back and the Nuggets are back. I mean, the Nuggets just came off a 135 to 105 win over the Chicago Bulls in the Pepsi Center, and this came after losing to Golden state by 30 points just a couple nights ago the Nuggets really needed a bounce back win they needed their confidence to get raised they needed to remind themselves of how good and talented they actually are and the fact that they can play great defense when they actually lock down and give it everything that they have so really against you know the 29th ranked offense in basketball and the 26th ranked defense in basketball on the Chicago Bulls the Nuggets had a prime opportunity to take care of business and really put themselves in a position to boost their ego to boost their confidence to get back to their winning ways and it, it was funny I'll get into this a little bit um, I won't talk about the first quarter too much because it was kind of just a crapshoot but the Nuggets just came out flat man the Nuggets had almost no energy in that first quarter if it wasn't for the fact that Paul Millsap threw down a hammer put back dunk and was able to get the Nuggets going again and Torrey Craig hit uh th- he hit four threes, including a four-point play. Oh, I'm sorry, three threes, including a four-point play in that first quarter. The Nuggets would have came out down about ten points. So things started rough. I mean, they were a lot. I mean, Laurie Markkinen had 15 points in the first quarter. So at that moment in time, guys were nervous. You could tell there were some. There were some jitters around for sure, but Michael Malone calmed his team down. They took care of business and absolutely eviscerated this Bulls team for the last three quarters of the game. So, um, things we're going to get to in this game. Gary Harris played after five games that he missed with left hamstring tightness, and he looked pretty damn good. Um, We'll get into the intricacies of what Gary Harris was able to do on the basketball court here in a little bit. Uh, Will Barton did not play. I'll get into that a little bit as well and why and why he also will be back very shortly. Um, Also, Nikola Jokic continues his dominant path that he has been on recently. He only played three quarters, but he pulled off a feat in three quarters that has only happened once in NBA history, and the player who who accomplished it was Magic Johnson. So we'll get into that as well as Jamal Murray's 22-point outburst in the third quarter. He became the human embodiment of molten lava in that third quarter, and there was no shot that he couldn't hit. He was just absolutely unconscious. But I do want to talk about Jamal Murray's inconsistency, the fact that he's so up and down, and he'll have two points in the first two quarters, and then 22 in the second. He had a game earlier this year where he had two points in the first half, had 34 points in the second half. So the consistency part is going to be an important aspect of Jamal Murray's maturation as a player. Um, the next thing, the last thing I want to talk about before Twitter questions was the best game that Paul Millsap has had since breaking his big toe on his right foot. He just looks so fluid and comfortable in this offense tonight and was his typical great defensive self. Um, before we get into all those things, though, first let me give a quick shout-out to the Regulators Production Group. They were the ones who created that great beat you heard on the way into the podcast as well as the beats you hear on the way out um so shouts to them go find them on instagram the regulators production group 
Rod Simba is the easiest one to get a hold of on Instagram. He is at Rod Simba. It's R-O-D-S-Y-M-B-A. Also, Terrapin Care Station is the presenting sponsor of this show. And here is a quick word from Terrapin Care Station. Before we get into the rest of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, let me give you one quick word from our sponsors over at Terrapin Care Station. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flour and concentrates, as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com. dive into the intricacies of this Nuggets game and let's just start out with what was the first piece of news of the day and that was that Gary Harris played in this game and he didn't just play man like Gary looked great in this game um, he ended up finishing the night with 18 and a half minutes Malone said that he was on an 18 minute um, an 18 minute restriction tonight so that made total sense he was 6 of 11 from the field 2 of 3 from the 3 point line had 14 points threw in a couple assists as well had a rebound and was just genuinely a very, very good player in this game. He was awesome on defense. I mean, he suffocated Zach Levine in this game. Levine ended up finishing 4 of 15 from the field, and he hit three of those buckets in the fourth quarter. So he only had two points headed to the final quarter of play, which was complete garbage time where the Nuggets had emptied their bench at that point. So it wasn't necessarily like, you know, Zach Levine was able to get those points on Gary. He had one bucket in the first three quarters, and that was because Gary Harris was just he was suffocating him it was not fair and that was really what was the biggest takeaway from this game was that Gary Harris would look great on both ends offensively defensively one-on-one off ball on ball whatever it was on either end of the floor it was so clear that Gary Harris was quickly shaking off the rust I mean this is a guy who missed two games with an ankle injury missed I believe 13 games with a hip injury and then missed five games with left hamstring tightness with only two games or three games in between all of those so you would think he'd be extremely rusty but he really did come out and play extremely well in this game and he was hitting deep shots he was hit again two of three three-pointers he was getting to the rim and showing off the confidence that he has in his lower body and in addition to that he was able to show off his passing acumen as he has been able to do for the majority of this season. So there were two separate really good pocket passes that Gary Harris had to a cutting Mason Plumley, And the more and more you keep seeing this development of Gary Harris being able to handle and initiate the offense, it's incredible to see that, that growth from him. That was really the next step in his maturation as a player is becoming not just an off-ball threat, but a guy that you can give the ball to who can get into the paint, who has a fast quick step or first step, a guy who can set up other teammates, a guy who can hit pull 
up threes off the bounds if he wanted to. Gary Harris is becoming a perfectly well-rounded offensive player. And there was a question I got when I asked for Twitter questions that I didn't want to get too deep into yet because I'm not quite there with my take, but I'm getting there. And my thought is... What if Gary Harris is the future point guard of this Nuggets team? And that's not to say they're going to trade Jamal Murray. I mean, who knows what's going to happen in terms of roster construction down the line. But I think the takeaway from seeing the way that Gary Harris has been able to handle these playmaking duties is that there is a very real chance that he can develop into a ball handler who can handle the ability to play point guard so long as he has a playmaking big like Nikola Jokic around him. So, let's just say the Nuggets elect to trade Jamal Murray for some random reason. I'm not saying they're going to. I'm not saying they should. I have actually been told that Jamal Murray is untouchable and also Gary Harris is untouchable. So, they want to ride things out with these two. But let's just live in a hypothetical world where the Nuggets elect to move on from Jamal Murray for some random reason. Let's say that Paul George or Bradley Beal or Anthony Davis gets traded for or something insane, which I have not heard of happening, by the way. And they allow Gary Harris to run that offense. I think that he he is going to have the skill set to eventually grow into that role if he needed to. As of right now, he's not going to be needing to. So we'll see if it's actually going to come up later on. But I think it's a very good problem for Denver to have. And it's great for Jamal Murray because... As people have pointed out, Jamal Murray is not a strict floor general point guard. He struggles with on-ball pressure. He struggles making point guard reads. He struggles making um, passes into the post and things like that. There is still growth as a point guard for Jamal to make. So to have Gary Harris, who can play with the ball in his hands, as a secondary creator, and to take some pressure off of Jamal Murray is a very, very helpful thing whether or not Gary plays point guard or not. doesn't matter. You can just split the duties at that point. And when you add Will Barton to the mix, you now have three guys on the perimeter in Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, and Will Barton who can handle the ball, who can play off ball, who can get to the rim, who can score from deep. They have a whole plethora of ways to hurt you offensively, and that is where the Nuggets become dominant. That is where their offense leaps again. It's because those three guys, Will Barton, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, each of them complement each other so well offensively. And when you add Nikola Jokic to the mix, you have created a monster in Denver. So I cannot wait to see what this team looks like when they're fully healthy. And tonight was the first step seeing Gary Harris come back and look so comfortable. Uh, another question I got that I didn't that I wasn't going to answer in too much depth was why did Will Barton not play tonight? And the simple answer was he just had a personal issue. Those personal issues are never revealed. It's not one of those things to where we should pry into an individual's life. It is not our place as fans and as media to try and dissect what is going on in his personal life not to play. The one thing I will say is that Will Barton loves basketball more than anything on this earth, and there is absolutely no way Will Barton is missing a basketball game, especially after being out for as long as he ha as he has been unless it was for a damn good reason. So just let things go with Will. It is what it is. Um he I would from what I understand he should be back for the game against Cleveland in a couple days. Um Nikola Jokic was great in this game again, and when you look at the box score, I'm sure there's plenty of arguments to make that it wasn't his, one of his better games. I mean, he was only 6 of 18 from the field, missed all three of his three-point attempts. I mean, scoring-wise, there was a lot left to be desired, but... I mean, the guy played 25 minutes, had 18 points, 8 rebounds, and 11 assists. Yes, that sounds that's already a very good line, but for Nikola Jokic, it feels pedestrian. 
until you realize that he is the second player ever in NBA history to get 18, 8, and 11 in 26 minutes or less with the only other person being Magic Johnson. I mean... Nikola Jokic, his bad games are historic. It's getting to the point where I don't even know what to expect anymore. I don't know how to dissect this. It is absolutely incredible that Nikola Jokic's bad nights are historic nights. And it was again tonight. And another really important factor of this is that these numbers weren't just randomly thrown in. They came in a moment in time when the Nuggets desperately needed Nikola Jokic to pull them out of the funk they were in, specifically that second quarter and also in that third quarter. He had five of his 11 assists in that third quarter because Jamal Murray was just on fire. It was Nikola Jokic that let, that gave Jamal Murray so many great opportunities to get the 22 points he had in the third quarter. So, I mean, Nikola Jokic... He continues to show that he is absolutely an all-star, that he has taken gigantic leaps as a leader, and that he is going to be very much so in the MVP conversation a little bit this year, but probably for the rest of his career, he's going to be in that conversation, you know, of course without an injury happening or something like that. But if Nikola Jokic stays on this current trajectory, man, this dude is absolutely incredible. But like I talked about a little bit there in that segment, Jamal Murray had 22 damn points in one quarter of play. That is just outright absurd. I mean, think about that. 22 points in one quarter, that puts you on pace for 88 points over four. That is just like it doesn't make sense that players can do this. And Jamal Murray to do that 21 years old on two bum ankles, it's incredible. And he had six three-pointers in the third quarter alone. To put that into perspective, people were stunned that the Warriors were able to hit 10 three-pointers in, in the first quarter as a team. Jamal hit six by himself in the third quarter. Like, when he gets hot, he goes absolutely supernova. It is, it's, it's absolutely insane. I mean, not to drop one of the worst references ever, but it's like the old fast, uh, Fantastic Four movie when... Chris Evans as um, as the Human Torch, he gets so hot that they have to hold him back because it's as hot as the sun. That is how hot Jamal Murray gets. Although there's an issue with this, he needs to find some level of consistency. This is a man that once scored two points in the first half and 34 points in the second half. Tonight he had zero points in the first quarter. Two points in the second quarter, did not play the fourth quarter, but had 22 points in the third. I mean, I don't know what needs to happen for Jamal Murray to find more consistency to his game, especially in his scoring output, but it's just, it's bizarre seeing a guy that talented not able to do it consistently. It's always coming in these big spurts. And Michael Malone has said it. He's like, I don't want 48 points. I want 25 points a night. I want this to be consistent. So we'll see if Jamal can get there. Again, he's 21 years old, but 22 points in the third quarter is absolutely absurd. Another big takeaway from this game was that Paul Millsap looked as good as he has looked since his broken toe on his right foot. Um, this was the first time I felt like he was completely getting his offense within the flow of the offense, not in spite of the offense. So many times the ball gets swung, 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 end up to him on the left block, and he just five dribble, slowly back downs guys, gets a tough contested two-point shot up that usually falls because Paul Millsap is very good at getting to his spots, but that's not how the Nuggets play basketball. So to see him able to 
do what he did tonight. Five of six from the field, 14 points, eight rebounds, two assists, all within the flow of the offense was a very important thing for me. And on top of that, he turned back the clock with that put-back dunk he had in that first quarter that sparked a 13-0 run for the Nuggets after they had gotten out to such a, such a lethargic start to this game. So I thought this was as good as Paul Millsap has looked since he came back from his injury, which is very good news for the Nuggets because once he is on on both ends of the floor, the Nuggets just have a different defensive mentality with him and Gary Harris back in the fold. So I do think Paul Millsap is looking very good. We'll see if he can continue this hot streak he is on in terms of fitting into the offense and being productive in his role, but only time will tell. That was a wild game. Um, it was one of those ones where it was completely out of reach by the end, by the end of the third quarter, but it was... Then it still gave the Nuggets some challenges, and they still learned some things about themselves. So, yes, an easy win, but one with some important takeaways in it, for, without a doubt. Um, now I want to get into some Twitter questions, though, and let's just dive in. Esports Kyle asked, Do you foresee the Nuggets having problems with egos once everyone is ready to go? No. Um, the reason I say no so emphatically is because the only players that may have an ego that get frustrated are going to be people who are more end-of-the-bench kind of players. I can see Trey Lyles getting frustrated because he's he may just lose his playing time altogether. He may start, uh, you know, stacking up, did not play coaches' decisions for the end of the year once they get healthy. I think Malik Beasley could get a little frustrated because he's worked so hard for the mo- for the minutes and the moments that he has gotten for himself. So if the Nuggets do happen to get to a point where they like Torrey Craig or Wancho Hernan Gomez more, for whatever reason, that may frustrate him. Isaiah Thomas, once he gets healthy, if he gets healthy, may get frustrated. But those are all fringe things. That is not... Not a situation where Nicole Jokic is going to have beef with anybody or Will Barton or Gary or Paul. There isn't going to be that kind of clashing of ego because this is as egoless of a, of a basketball team as I have seen at the NBA level. And it's because their star player is completely without ego in Nikola Jokic. So I have no worries whatsoever about that. There may be a growing pains portion of time once they do get healthy, but it's not going to because, be because egos are clashing. Um, Nick Van Excel spreadsheet on Twitter, which is a great name, but I gotta say, I, I, I hate this question and I get it all the time. I answered it on Twitter as well as I wanted to talk about on this podcast. So this was the question I got. Is it too soon to be concerned that Barton won't be able to fit into this year's style of play? If he can't bring the defensive intensity and unselfish play, does Denver think about moving him? No, no. No, 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 no. If I had any hair other than my beard, I would be pulling it out right now. And this is not like a Nick Van Excel spreadsheet thing. A lot of people have had this thought process. It just happens to be you're the question that I picked. But no, 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 no. The Nuggets are not going to move him, first of all, because they just gave him a big contract. So it's going to be very hard to move him even if they wanted to. And they love Will Barton in Denver. Um, Secondly, Barton not fitting into this style of play is completely disingenuous. Yes, there may be some moments where he may force a shot or two, but the whole idea of Will Barton is that he can play completely within the confines of this offensive system, but if things fall apart, he can go get a bucket on his own too. And that's an important thing for the Nuggets to have on this team. So no, I don't think there's any worry about him fitting into this style of play for this year. Defensively, I mean, Torrey Craig... 
when Torrey Craig is on the floor, the Nuggets are posting a 107 defensive rating. Will Barton has posting like an 89 defensive rating, 92 defensive rating with the Nuggets in a very small sample size. But even going back to last year, when you look at the at the lineup, the starting lineup with uh, Will Barton in it, they've been very good defensively. It's been in a small sample size, so we'll have to see how he actually ends up. But the the difference defensively from Will Barton to Torrey Craig to Malik Beasley to Wancho Hernan Gomez, it doesn't matter if you ask me. It's not a big enough difference to make an actual difference on the floor. So no, personally, I don't think there's going to be a big drop-off. He does fall asleep sometimes on the weak side defense. He doesn't always have the physical attributes to bang with stronger players, but I don't think they're going to lose anything defensively and the idea that he's going to mess up the starting lineup is just wrong here are some numbers so last year they only played 65 minutes together but the starting lineup of Nikola Jokic, Will Barton, Paul Millsap, Gary Harris, and Jamal Murray the opening day starters this year they had a net rating of plus 33.7 okay I can already hear you now it's a small sample size there's no way it's going to stay that way over a long sustained period of time in the 46 minutes they played together this year already, they're at plus 30.5, which is almost identical. I cannot wait to see how good this team can be with everybody healthy. We don't know what's going to happen, but their ceiling is undeniably as high as anybody in the league not named Golden State. That's how good they can be with that starting lineup. I cannot wait to see it. They complement each other so well. They can play fast. They can play slow. There are so many things they can do with that starting five, and if the numbers end up panning out anywhere near what they are right now, the Nuggets are going to have one of the best starting units in all of basketball. Last question, when do you think we'll see the real starting lineup? So I was looking over the schedule, and it's funny. There's a there's a trend that has emerged for Michael Malone, and it's that he likes to re- reintegrate guys against bad teams, and specifically the Suns this year for some reason. And funny enough, the Nuggets, first of all, they're going to be playing the Cleveland Cavaliers on January 19th. They will then have four days off, before, or sorry, three days off um, before taking on Utah in Utah on January 23rd. So there's a lot of days off right there where they can get practice time in. And then after the Utah game, there's an additional day off before the Nuggets play the Suns at home on January 25th. So I think that January 25th game versus the Suns, that's as soon as you're going to see this Nuggets starting lineup get back together. Beyond that, I don't have a much of an idea because it really depends on how Will Barton does and how his rhythm comes back and how quickly he can get into game shape. But at the earliest, I think January 25th at home against the Suns after they get one or two practice days and a couple of games under their belt, I think that could be the time that they all get together. That was a little bit of a long-winded podcast considering that it was just a game against the Bulls. That was a 30-point blowout, but thank you for sticking with me. There were some interesting takeaways from this game. Um, Also, thank you guys so much for sticking with the podcast. Again, I'm sorry I've been MIA for the past week. It's been a little bit wild, but I am back and going headfirst into this once again. Um, I will actually be in Utah as well when uh, when the Jazz take on the Nuggets, and we will have a podcast out for that game. I will also have a podcast out at the the Cleveland Cavaliers game but until all of that again thank you so much for sticking with me for sharing this podcast for subscribing on iTunes for leaving five-star reviews for leaving comments for reaching out to me on Twitter and all of those things I can't tell you what it means to me it's awesome to see the interaction 
Also, um, go check out Terrapin Care Station for all of your cannabis needs. They are as great as they come. And go check out the Regulators Production Group for the ones who made the, the beats on the intro and outro of this podcast. But until we talk again, that has been it for the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.